You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily baseball podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Hey, get rewarded with this podcast, which you can get on the brand new Himalaya podcasting app, or you can listen to us directly at LockedOnMLB.com or on Google Play, Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, all the places. You know how to get podcasts. You're listening to one right now. And you get in your car. If you've got a smart device, say, play podcast Locked On MLB, and then both hands on the wheel, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Make sure to listen to all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. It truly is your team every day. Follow the show on MLB, Locked On MLB, easy for you to say, on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me, Paul Sully, at Sully Baseball on Twitter or at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Why Sully Baseball Podcast? Because somebody already took Sully Baseball on Instagram. Hey, it is the 30th day of May 2019, and I have a guest. On the podcast, this was someone who was a guest on the old Sully Baseball podcast. I'm bringing them back. Eli Sussman is the managing editor of fishstripes.com. It's not, it's plural, right? Fishstripes.com, right? That's right. Multiple stripes. Multiple stripes. And Eli Sussman is knowledgeable of all things Miami Marlins. You know, I promised you I would bring up the Marlins more often than not on a podcast that you would expect to have Northeast bias or maybe West Coast bias. We're going to talk a little bit about the state of the Marlins, a team that is, well, not having their best year this year. But Eli Sussman, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us on the Lockdown MLB show. It should be fun. I mean, you're getting me at a great time where the team is, as you said, not off to their best start, but uh, recently the hottest stretch you could possibly hope for in a rebuilding year. And there's, uh, yeah, a lot of little things building up to the draft coming up next week. Um, and the long-term future of the team is still interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, at you just had a wonderful series where they've – they beat – didn't they beat the Nationals? And that, they that didn't beat the – they swept the Mets going back almost two weeks and yeah, then so- followed that by sweeping the Tigers. And they only salvaged one game against the Nets, but then – But it was the last back. game. Right, now coming back home against the Giants. Oh, and, and yeah, the other night it was an absolute massacre of the San Francisco Giants. So, hey, break up the Marlins. They're, they're too good. They're, they're way too good. Actually, I shouldn't say break up the Marlins to someone who follows the Marlins. That hits a little too close to home. But sure. they're, the Marlins, as of this recording, are not the worst team in baseball. That would be the Baltimore Orioles. The Marlins are holding their own. They're getting a terrific performance the other day from Trevor Richards, who is having a good start. Um, Jose Urania pitched very well the other day against, I believe it was Washington, right? Yes, yep. And they're getting a good year out of Caleb Smith, and they've gotten some good starts, including a complete game shutout from Sandy Alcantara. Um, Look, I'm I'm not going to say this is bringing back memories of 1997 around here, but there's some bright spots on this team. Yeah, um, well, until very recently, all the bright spots were in the rotation, and that was it. It started and ended with rotation. 
that was what people were hyped about coming into the year. And it, for the most part, it's actually lived up to the billing of being an adequate rotation on an inadequate team. It's driven by all these guys that are under long-term control, but at the same time, ones that were proven in the minor leagues. And it was important for them to step into the majors and produce immediately. Just about everybody has had their shining moments. As, as you said, you touched on almost everybody. Uh, the fifth member of the rotation being Pablo Lopez. Who oh, is, he's had some good games. He's had some, exactly, he's had some yeah. good games. With all five of those guys, you've had your ups and downs, and really more ups than downs for most of them. And I mean, the difference recently is that uh, until these past couple of weeks, they were on pace to be the worst offensive team of all time, no matter how you sugarcoat it, no matter what you adjust for. They had nobody, nobody that could hit for power. Nobody that had plate discipline whatsoever. They didn't steal many bases. There were just no redeeming qualities to their offense. And that started to change um, subtly. Uh, just a couple guys that were underperforming that you expected to heat up eventually. Starlin Castro, Brian Anderson. Yeah. Um, but really, if you're talking about the Marlins right now, at this moment, end of May, you need to talk about Harold Ramirez, who was a guy that I had circled uh, going back as soon as they signed him over the winter as a minor league free agent. He finally got called up a few weeks ago. And entering Wednesday's game, he was hitting 413 since being called up. It's not bad. And an he, OPS of 1.003, slugging over 540. Right. So he has electrified the offense, uh, depending on the days, either at the top of the lineup or right in the middle of it. Um, just 24 years old, a, a guy that you don't, don't think of as a prospect just because other teams gave up on him. But he has such natural hitting ability to all fields. His spray chart is a thing of beauty. It's from one foul line to the other. Every every like spot on the field is covered by his ability to just go with whatever the pitch is thrown. And he doesn't have all that much power. They're playing him as an everyday center fielder, which if you watch the games is a little bit of uh, an adventure. Yes. He's, that's not his position. He's, he's someone that's very questionable on the defensive side, but he does more than enough with his bat to yeah give people something to look forward to, getting some power from Garrett Cooper, including a game-winning grand slam. Um, they, they have a few guys that, again, these are not marquee players. They're not well-rounded players, but it's a big step up from what they had the beginning of the year. What's well, funny, Harold Ramirez had was a good double-A player for both Pittsburgh and Toronto. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't put up eye-popping numbers, but, you know, good, solid numbers. And nobody really gave him a shot. He went to play winter ball in Venezuela and hit the tar out of the ball for AAA. Who's the new AAA team? New Orleans. That's right. By the way, can I, I, this has nothing to do with anything. New Orleans is in the Pacific Coast League. Do you, do you understand there's a problem by saying that New Orleans is a Pacific Coast well, I, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but they are moving that affiliate beginning next year. They we're, are for that specific reason because they're too far away from their competition. They're not moving to the Pacific, but into the middle of the country to Wichita, Kansas. Oh, there you go, Wichita. Obviously, if you want to make a connection with Miami, you go to Wichita, Kansas. Triple A team should always be in a city that has some sort of connection with a major league squad. I just that's just my humble opinion. I've always loved. I grow it up. You Pawtucket, Rhode Island, to Boston. You know the Giants have Sacra. You know they used to have Fresno, and then they have, now they have you know Sacramento. You know Tacoma with the the Mariners. It makes sense. It's like you're almost there, right? You're almost there. Like when the Mets had their AAA affiliate in Las Vegas, that made no damn sense. Exactly. But, okay, but let, let's get back on track here. You know, I mean, look at. I'm not gonna 
tell you how to run the team here, but do you what player would really they, they could use a good hitter. They could be a real consistent hitter. And the Marlins could try to see if they could acquire a player like Christian Yelich. Do you think there's ever a way a player like Christian Yelich or the Brewers could ever come to a team like the Marlins? Yeah, well, that's the thing with, with the Marlins. You want to try to trade for players because they don't have a choice in the matter. You offer as much as you can, and uh, their team has to send you back if make a fair offer. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I don't. I think. He, I think that's. Be, that's all right. That was unfair on my part. I, I, that was a, that was under the belt, but it it is something I do want to say that yes, the 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 Marlins get backed in the corner for financial reasons, but because you know how could a market as tiny as Miami possibly compete with Milwaukee. But like the Diamondbacks got good players back for Paul Goldschmidt. You know, they did, you don't have to get fleeced. And I mean, I know it's early and maybe Brinson can come back and be the quality player that he is, but like you could get back players for Stanton and for Yelich better than, you know, what they got. Well, I know people don't like to hear this, but we're a year and a half removed from the first of those trades and even less removed from the more recent ones. It's just too soon to judge it decisively one way or the other. I, th- I think what's clear at this point is that the Brewers made a great trade for themselves and that right. they wanted to take a big step ahead. And largely because of Yelich, they are ahead of what people thought they were, would be able to do both last year and this year. As we speak, uh, all four players that they got and that the Marlins got in return for Yelich are in the minor league system uh, because Lewis Brinson was the rookie last year in the major leagues has since been optioned down to New Orleans uh, because he can't hit, which is a pretty fundamental issue. Um, but the rest of that package, Isan Diaz, Monte Harrison, Jordan Yamamoto, um, these are all players that are among the top prospects in the organization and all that at this moment are believed to have bright futures and be very close to impacting at the major league level. At the moment, Monte, Harrison, Isan Diaz, and Lewis Brinson, all of them are in AAA, just a call away. All of them are performing very well recently, too. So it's just a matter of weeks at maybe a few months until those guys all get an opportunity to show what they can do on a consistent basis. Um, at, the, at the moment, that's really the only thing blocking them is that they have interesting options. Um, they don't have pressing needs, I guess, in the major league. Well, I'll phrase that another way. Of course, they can improve by calling up these prospects right now, but the organization is going to be patient, and that's uh, that's really been the one mantra for this. Speaking publicly, the, they've just been telling everybody to remain patient as possible because with all these trades, again, they were targeting guys that are not peaking yet. They felt as if having a team of players in their primes right now would not be good enough to contend. Uh, especially in a stacked National League East division. So they pushed back the window by a few years. And, I mean, we'll find out gradually. With with all those trades, they got multiple players. Um, it seems, even though it is early, some of them are not looking very favorable um, in terms of those players filling the shoes of the stars that they're replacing. Right. Uh, but people, yeah. So I'd say that it's a very complicated time for the team because uh, this is a year that they went in with no expectations. And uh, although they're playing better recently as a whole, this team is one of the worst in the league and does not have a whole lot to get excited about. That's in the major leagues yet, Uh, but there is some optimism and they know that they have 
prime opportunities to acquire more talent coming up over these next few weeks in the draft and then in the international signing period where the Marlins are already linked to some of the very best international free agents. So as a whole, the farm system is like middle of the pack. Uh, they're missing some of those guys that you can project as no doubt superstars. And the hope is that they change that by now having these opportunities in the draft and international free agency to, uh, yeah, to select the best players available. That's one of the perks of being towards the bottom of the league is having the resources to spend on amateur players. But we're still a long way away from being competitive, that's for sure. Can I just say, this is why I wanted Eli on this show. That is a glass half full analysis of a team that's probably going to lose 105 to 110 wins to say, hey, yeah, if they acquired a bunch of players who are major league ready, what difference would that make? They're still not a good enough team, but maybe they got two or three players instead of one major league player. They got two or three players who will blossom at the same time. That is, man, that is seeing the glass half full, a very empty glass half full. And that's why I well, want you Let on. me get into one particular thing with the Marlins organization. Is they, um, they're lopsided at the minor league level and that, this year they've had so many quality starting pitchers emerge at different affiliates in their organization. Uh, I guess you start in with in New Orleans with Zach Gallen, who is at, at one point was leading all of minor league baseball in strikeouts, and he's certainly among the league leaders. He was acquired in the Marcelo Zuna trade. Right. Uh, you go down to Double A. That's where Jordan Yamamoto is, as well as Jorge Guzman or George Guzman, as he prefers to call himself. Who, he was acquired in the Stanton trade that right. people wrote off his salary yeah. dump. But he just pitched six no-hit innings um, in his most recent start, and he has a blazing fastball and a lot of potential. In their high-A affiliate, they have guys coming back from Tommy John surgery, Braxton Garrett, Jordan Holloway. These are names that won't mean much to people outside the organization. Edward Cabrera, but these are all guys that are performing extremely well and at the very least look like mid-rotation starters if they stay healthy long-term. And they're at a point where, although you can never have too much pitching, they're at a point – they might have too many starter starting pitching to impact the major league rotation at the same time. They have guys that will either convert to relievers or guys that you could be used as trade chips in order to acquire some more offense because that's the other side of the coin is that they're not producing at the major league level with their bats. And across their minor league affiliates, they have that exact same issue where right. you just don't see – you don't see anybody that uh, projects as being a well-rounded Christian Yelich-like player, even in a best-case scenario. The ceiling is not there. The Giancarlo Stanton power bat is not in there. Uh, it's a wasteland almost. Not, not entirely, but it's pretty bleak. So it's a critical step in making this competitive situation will come when they trade some of their excess pitching for actual well-rounded position players. Those are, uh, and that's going to be complicated because it's going to be, uh, again, a critical step. If they misfire on those trades, and all of a sudden <laughs> you have to look at whether they're going to climb out of this rebuild at all, whether they'll have to just have to reset everything because they don't have the complete roster that they need. Uh, the, again, the bright side of this is that they do have the opportunities through those amateur channels and also, again, through these trades that I anticipate them making, maybe not at the trade deadline. Uh, maybe not even this offseason, but maybe a year from now, they'll have a better idea of who their pitchers are that are gonna, they're going to be able to build around and then which ones are more expendable 
and help them plug the holes on the roster. Well, while that phone rings, we're going to take this opportunity to remind our listeners that you can listen to this podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. It's free. It's super easy to use. And has every single podcast you love. Research. Did you know about the Himalaya, Eli? Have you ever heard of it? Of course. Uh, personally, I, I don't use it on a consistent basis. But we'll start because it's got personally curated playlists made just for you. Not just you, Eli, but everyone listening. That's and unbelievable. Theme collections of shows that help you find new discoveries of podcasts, all different genres. You can follow listeners, follow what their favorite shows are. You can like and comment. You can create shareable playlists. It's terrific. Eli, what's the matter with you? Find and download Himalaya on the App Store or on Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Locked On MLB once you're there. Himalaya, they're not just mountains in Asia anymore. All right, I know my mom is listening to this, so mom, just do me a favor and skip ahead a little bit. That'd be great. Thanks. All right, everybody else, let's talk about sex. Good, ready-to-go sex. Now, you can increase your performance and build up your confidence. Everyone but my mom, listen up. I'm talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, so you know they work. Take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, while stuck in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They're chewable, and they work twice as fast as the pills, so you know you'll be ready quicker than a manager can make a pitching change. Now, everyone I know has tested it, and I have many trustworthy friends who confide with me very personal details. They all tell me it gives them a little extra, and it works great. Now, we baseball fans, we know all about getting a little edge with performance enhancers. And this is just isn't for people who can't perform. This is for anyone who wants uh, something a little extra. Look, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no awkwardness. In fact, the only awkwardness involved in Blue Chew is knowing that my mom is probably still listening. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. All of that just by going to BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Once again, B-L-U-E Chew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. Thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. Hey, I want to talk to you about this, that... You had said to me, in fact, I don't know the answer to this, that Derek Jeter said something on the 29th of May, the day we're actually recording this. Uh, what did he say in terms of the state of the Marlins? I'm curious what you had to say about that. Uh, for people that have followed Jeter as a player and then as an executive, you know he is a master of saying nothing. So although right. it's very exciting that he spoke to everybody publicly, including one of my own reporters at Marlins Park, it was um, – uh, not a whole lot of substance in there. He he was asked some questions about the draft and the direction they're going to go in. And he hinted, of course, that they are looking at position players and experienced position players that can be quick to the big leagues. And 
again, there are a handful of candidates that should be available at number four that do that. He was pressed uh, one thing in particular about um, his right-hand man, Gary Denbo, who was really ripped to, sh- to shreds uh, last month by The Athletic and Ken Rosenthal, who put out this pretty lengthy profile about featuring a lot of former disgruntled employees who said that Gary Denbo was a bad, le- a bad leader would be uh, understating it. It had accusations of him being downright abusive, uh, being someone that would fat shame his underlings and even some of his players, someone that was just uh, a very uh, uncomfortable to be around and someone that shouldn't be trusted in a very important role in a major league organization. This was a piece that came out weeks ago, but this was the first time that Jeter had an opportunity to offer feedback to it. And him and Gary Denbo go back decades because right. usually the Yankees did Denbo was. exactly when when Jeter was a prospect in the Yankees organization. They so they have a long history to each other, and it to no surprise Jeter defended Denbo, reassured people that the the opinions from anonymous people featured in that story, or even the ones that went on the record but were no longer associated with the Marlins, that their Statements about him were misconstrued or misleading or just flat out false and ensured him, ensured the Marlins fans, or he tried to reassure people that this is the right guy to play a role in building them up uh, because Denbo will have a pretty critical voice in this draft coming up and he remains just uh, present throughout all their minor league affiliates. He, it, like, they have really attached themselves at the hip to this guy. So they, they've certainly want to believe that he's a effective leader and a a very patient teacher. And really at the end of the day, it's going to be the players themselves that have to prove that one way or the other. They have to show that either he's someone that helps them capture their full potential or someone that um, just does not have the temperament to have this kind of important role. Uh, I mean, aside from those topics though, Jeter tried to remain very cordial and uh, real again, the buzzwords that he likes to stick with is that he preaches patience. Um, he professes to have a lot of confidence in Marlins fans that they'll come out and support the product once it turns the corner. And he hopes that they'll come out and support the product even in the meantime uh, by going to a ballpark that tries to put on the best experience possible to whatever people actually make the trip out there. Hey, Eli, why don't you tell us where to find your work? You can find me at, at all aspects of Fish Stripes. We have our own podcast, the Fish Stripes podcast, that you can subscribe on all your pod platforms. Full coverage of the Marlins on the website, fishstripes.com. Uh, I operate most of the social media that we do, you know, all those accounts simply at Fish Stripes. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Real Eli. Hey, let me ask you a question about your podcast. Uh, could I get that podcast? What's the name of it again? It's simply Fish Stripes. If you search Fish Stripes on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, it will it should come up for you. Well, or you can use the Himalaya podcasting app. Did you know Even about better. that? Even yeah, better. So you can use that. And this show, just to remind you, is available on the Himalaya podcasting app. And like Fish Stripes, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all those places. You can follow the show on Instagram at LockedOnMLB, on Twitter at the same handle. You can follow me at Sully Baseball. Eli and I follow each other on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast, and you can when you get in your smart when you get into your smart device, you've shrunk like Ant Man and you've become part of your phone, and that's really weird. But when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB, or hell, play podcast Fish Stripes. We can do it. We can do it back to back. I bet you can do a playlist on Himalaya that way. Um, hey, Eli Sussman, thanks so much for being part of the Locked On MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen to all the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for being part of the show. And this has been the Locked On MLB show for 30th day of May 2019. June's right around the corner. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.